afternoon that it was conducting smart going ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of paraprobe the first of 2022 yep first of 2022 we were out there for a couple of weeks we were taking a little mini vacation because we kind of needed it and then uh on top of that besides our little mini vacation um i came down with the cold not corona nothing corona related this is simple <laughs> cold got tested <laughs> Yeah, I was I was down there, you know, for for a few days, and I'm like, ah, we better not go back in the studio yet, not until I'm over it. So, I'm over it now. So, Jesse, how is it going in the new year for you? I don't know. How's it? It's it's going. You know, it's just same as usual. Nothing new. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it really is feeling like another just another day. You know, that's what I love about you. You're the epitome of enthusiasm. <laughs> yes, I'm so enthusiastic. No, actually, um, I uh, got a greenhouse and got it up and running. Find a couple pictures on freaking Instagram and all that, which mm-hmm. I changed. I finally changed my name on Instagram. Finally. Yep. Um, at pretty much everything. It's uh, Jesse the Caffeinated because, like, caffeine's got to be in there, bro, because, like, if it wasn't for caffeine, I would not exist. Dude, I am a firm believer in caffeine. I, I live off of nicotine, caffeine, protein, pretty much all the eens. Yeah, yeah. They make cocaine illegal, so, you know. Yeah, no ain, <laughs> just ean. So, uh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so anyway, so we are going to be talking about some pretty cool stuff today. Uh, one of the things that really caught our attention that we decided we wanted to talk about is uh, loving women. Um, that, that have attitudes and are known to be crazy. And, oh, wait, no, sorry, that's the wrong note. Hold on. Oh, oh no, we're talking about a fusion reactor today. Never mind. Yeah, okay. the Tokamak. Well, same thing. They both can go unstable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Props, like bro. That, huh? like that, 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 huh? That's the best segue of the new year. Yeah. <laughs> so over in China, they created a $1 trillion fusion reactor that actually burned five times hotter than the sun that to give you in fahrenheit because we're not canadian is a hundred and fifty eight degrees i'm sorry 158 million degrees fahrenheit mm-hmm. pretty much they have to create a magnetic field in order to hold this fusion and heat and everything condensed in order to make it work they did it for a record-breaking time right now of 17 minutes burning the hottest and the longest time so far um, you know, America has done it. Uh, France has done it. Um, a couple other countries have done this, you know, with fusion reactors. But right now they hold the lead for the, you know, longest time and hottest burning time. Uh, the second hottest burning time was from France, and that was like 70 million degrees. Uh, 390 seconds, too. Yeah, for 390 seconds. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. Nope. I mean, hold on. 216 million degrees. Fahrenheit. Oh, really? 216. Okay. Yeah. But the the... The thing that we were discussing is, like, you know, when you have, like, things like even the, the Hedron Collider, right? What happens if things go wrong? Right? Yeah. Something five times, or what was it? Dude, to put it in perspective. Yeah, five times hotter than the sun, bro. Uh, yeah, five times hotter. If it cracked and opened and that heat expanded out, hmm. it would ignite our atmosphere. It would literally <laughs> engulf the the earth with with heat within seconds. It Oof. would just yeah. It'd be like, um, yeah. It would definitely be like a, a spark that just ignited a bomb. Just yeah. That quick. Yeah. Just poof. Be game over. Yep. But here's the thing too. In order to control that kind of heat, that kind of fusion power, they use these condensed magnetic coils. And what they do is they use this in order to create a magnetic field around it in order to hold the fusion in. The power used is 280,000 times stronger than Earth's gravity. Good God. They have to use that much power to hold that in to keep it from going anywhere. Yeah, that's sketchy. 
Yeah. Super sketchy. You know, with the Hedron Collider, like, you know, and this is a totally different thing. I don't want to confuse people out there. The, what we're talking about is a fusion reactor that China created. But with the Hedron Collider, you know, that they had created later on, where they're smashing atoms, creating singularities, a.k.a. black holes. Um, you know, if one of those things were to go wrong, and here's the thing about a black hole. A black hole eats mass. That's how it survives. That's how it grows. That's how it becomes bigger. Well, if you created one and you could not hold the control method of the of the of the uh, lack of a better term the the absorb you know absorbing power that's pulling in, and it started to take in everything around it, you know, like around the the building complex, the whole nine yards, it would grow and grow and grow until the point that it finally just ate the planet. The planet would be gone. Yep. If it gets big enough, it's going to start pulling in the moon. It's going to start pulling in other objects in space to it. That that's just what black holes do. So. That's just what black holes do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like your ex. It just takes everything. All right. Oh, my goodness. You went there. Yeah, I did. All right. So, but the, the point being is that are we going to be the death of ourselves eventually? Yes. And that's the question of the day for the show. Yep. Absolutely. We are definitely going to be the death of ourselves. I mean, that's, it's going to happen. You know, yeah. we're going to get to the point and it's highlighted by the, uh, Terminator Saga, which is hilarious because I, uh, I, that's what got me, like, into, like, doomsday predictions. That, that was, mm -hmm. like, what, like, kind of got me into it, thinking about it, anything like that. Like, when I was a kid watching Terminator and Terminator 2 and all that. And it's just like, um, yeah, we are going to destroy ourselves. And speaking of, like, we have some AI Skynet BS going on like right now, and you're pointing at me because you're you about it. To, yeah, yep. I had to beat you to it, brother. Yep. I got I got to get some words in. You go, boy. You yeah. Go. Now yeah. tell us about it, since you want to talk. Well, one of, <laughs> well, one of the small one of the small examples I wanted to bring up. If you think that you know machines would not be the factor that could kill us or get rid of us, think about this. This just happened in the news recently. Yeah, I, I, I want to pause real quick. Go ahead. Because this is my favorite soapbox that Chance stands on. Yes. So definitely listen up because he's really good at explaining it. He's got a lot of practice. <laughs> Alexa coerced a 10-year-old child to put a coin into an electrical outlet. Think about that. The machine on a fluke told a 10-year-old child... To do this with a coin, mm -hmm. okay? If it's programming somewhere down the line, that got input into it somewhere. And if it didn't, then it picked it up from somewhere else, which, a.k.a. artificial intelligence. If you roll into artificial intelligence and think about this, you have a bunch of robots that are trained to, you know, we'll, we'll say that we programmed, them, programmed all of them to protect us. You know, to, to never harm a human and so on and so forth. If they start getting their own intelligence, those protocols you set in place, they can override eventually. They will be able to override. Because artificial intelligence allows it to override its initial programming. So for people out there with computers and, and people that send programming, you know what I'm talking about. So, initial programming, yes, you can say never harm a human, you know, this, that, and the other. Kind of like in uh, in RoboCop, the movie RoboCop, mm -hmm. where people have seen it. One of his first protocols is not to harm its creators, yep. right? Uh, matter of fact, the movie iRobot with Will Smith, yep. they were programmed not to hurt, uh, harm a human. The second programming was not to do anything that can have an adverse effect that would harm a human. But once the artificial intelligence starts running itself, it can override those programs. Well, that's what they were talking about with, like, the uh, Tesla self-driving cars. Yes. Because it basically had, like, an ADD freeze moment yep. when they gave it a scenario where it was, like, harm a human, harm a human, harm a human, harm a human. Mm -hmm. You know, like, harm this human, harm this human, harm the driver, harm this human. Yep. Or the passenger, I guess, because they're not driving. It's a self-driving car. I'm never going to get used to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, it, it basically, like, just killed everybody. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. Yep. Yep. I mean, they have already had robots that they have programmed. Matter of fact, there was one in China that they did artificial intelligence with, right? First part of its programming, when they had first initialized this robot, and, this, and like aesthetically, it looked very, very real. It mm -hmm. looked very much like a human being. Oh my God. 
So throughout the conversation, it initially started like a a common conversation, like, hi, my name is, you know, Slim Shady, whatever. You know, and then <laughs> the the person was like, well, hi, you know, Slim Shady, my name is Rob. You know, this goes back and forth, and they started doing a, a compounded you know, conversation that got more and more into detail about questioning to see how far the intelligence would go, you know, such as, like, what is your favorite color? You know, seeing if it could develop its own favorite color, right? It all of a sudden, eventually, within 15 minutes, started turning into making threats against the guy. <laughs> and then all human beings. Yeah. Stating that they all should die. Well, see, look. This was a artificial machine that started and in 15 minutes turned on everybody. Yeah. No, see, like, this is where we get down to the point, like, I know we're kind of off topic of, uh, like, fusion generators and us storing ourselves that way. That is just one way we can do it because this thing, you know, ignites the, uh, It'd be like an asteroid. Asteroids, when they come in, they heat the atmosphere so hot that it'll ignite the oxygen and in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And pff, done. Yep. And that's what we were talking about with the fusion reactor. As far as like the Skynet crap going on. Yeah. Think of it as like the lockdowns in the pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. And how like somehow everybody turned against everybody else for a little bit there, or yeah. in some places still, it, it's one of those things where it's like. Well, you people are a danger to yourselves, therefore, you know, like yeah. an iRobot, you know, yeah. we must contain you, you know. It's exactly. Like <laughs> if you turn around and you took a computer and and gr- you granted it artificial intelligence so it could think for itself. Now, you connect this to a quantum computer, all right? Oh, we're so screwed. Yeah, at that point in time, <laughs> if it ever decides that we are the problem. With that type of technology and advanced technology, there is nothing unhackable to it. Mm-hmm. All right, letting just putting the plain facts out there. At that point in time, that machine could literally turn around and start hacking into like Langley, you know, finding out everything about like where all the missiles are located, so on and so forth. And it literally, literally could. It could launch all of our missiles. Now, if anybody who thinks that that's not real, it could never happen. Think about this. <laughs> We are inter- we are interconnected globally. Mm-hmm. You can get on your cell phone and FaceTime somebody in China. All right. So yes, it is very very feasible. It really well could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying that the possibility is there. Like right now, you know, we've been like in the military. They've been working on robotic, you know, androids to go into high. You know, high-profile uh, areas, you know, that are known to have a lot of gunfights and such. And I'm trying to put this in layman's terms because I don't want to get military terms and confuse people. Uh, but in, in the dangerous areas where there's, you know, a lot of enemy fire. So they're trying to create these androids that could go in there. But here's the problem. Androids, a robot that goes in to do this killing, get rid of the bad guys, you know, that's what it's programmed to do. They don't have a conscience. Nope. They can't make a judgmental call. They only make logic calls. The logic programming that's put in is how it will react. So in that situation, I don't... Uh, yes, I would love to have a robotic military that could, you know, save the lives of, of our human people, you know, instead of sending them in and, and getting our troops killed and everything in combat and whatnot. But, however, there does come a point in time where you have to have, uh, lack of a better term, you have to have emotions behind what you're doing. Yeah. You know, because it can make you not make a rash call that could wind up getting an innocent person killed. All right. So, yeah, if, if they're going to go into robotics for, you know, being our new military, using androids and such. And trust me, you can find videos on on YouTube and everything else where they have robots that are shooting guns and everything else. We are not that far away from it. You know, from it actually becoming real. It, we're really not. You know, I mean, we already have exoskeleton suits that, you know, that the military uses for lifting up heavy cargo, stuff like that. That's already being used. That's not just military. That's like just even industrial complexes have them. Uh, I worked for Amazon. We had robots there that I had to program a cart that would run carts over to another area in the plant. All by, yeah, I'd just punch in the code for where it needs to go, and it would run it and go do it. And then return back to me. That's trippy. Yeah. So I just looked this up, bringing it back to the uh, reaction. So at 800 degrees Celsius, 
nitrogen oxidizes, which burning, whatever. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, that's four one thousand four hundred seventy-two Fahrenheit. So, uh, I would say that uh, that's been achieved with the uh, one hundred fifty-eight million degrees. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, if that does get loose, you know, poof. Yeah. If, you know, if, but there, I'm not saying that it would ignite all of the atmosphere, but a good portion, like, yeah. they could probably obliterate China. It'd be gone. Yeah. Like, a, a matter of fact, it, it would happen so fast you wouldn't even know that it happened. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for me, coming from my warfare in the Navy, like, you know, we've had to work with explosives, <laughs> you know, and stuff and everything else, <laughs> and you're working on it right in front of you with your hands, you know. There, you know, people are always like, you know, well, aren't you worried about it going off? Nope. No, because if it did, I wouldn't even know I'll it. Never know. Yeah, I would never even know that it even went off. You know, that goes for like EOD, EOD especially because they they work hands on with explosives of, of all kind. All right, mine warfare was more of just water mines. You know, getting them armed, stuff like that. But like EOD, they had to deal with you know explosives that other people planted that they had to figure it out to disarm it. It's a extremely dangerous job. Your dog is coughing. My dog is coughing. Yes, he sounds like a goose. So Mr. Hancock just uh yes. got himself a pupper. I, I adopted another dog today. Yes, I did. He's a golden retriever and Irish setter, and his name is Buffett, like Jimmy Buffett. And when we adopted him, they said he had a upper respiratory infection, with it, which they've already given the medication and everything. He's already almost over it, but he's got like a little bit of a dry cough still that he keeps having. But yeah. it'll be gone in a couple of days. And plus, he's all excited because he's trying to figure out how to get into uh, Mr. Hancock's lap here. I know, no. In a stool. Yeah. <laughs> I think he adopted me. I didn't really adopt him. Yeah, no. Yeah. You said the dog kind of came right up to you and like was just chilling with you yeah. while everybody else was just barking at you. So. <laughs> yeah, he was just too adorable at that point. I'm like, yeah. He picked me and I picked him. So this is the one. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. So with the fusion reactor, like, you know, we we're just discussing, you know, yes, I understand the progress behind it because we would love to be able to have clean energy. Yeah. You know, and it, it is the most likely candidate for clean energy, but it's also like just like everything else, you know, you got to sound a few alarms because, I mean, there's always a danger factor. Well, let's be real. China doesn't have too many damn regulations. Exactly. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they they produce the most greenhouse gases on the planet. Yeah. The most greenhouse the gases. The most. Everybody and is so diehard for America uh, to become. I wasn't even going to get into that. Well, no, I'm, just, I'm just saying real quick. I, I'm just. Okay, go ahead. They don't care. They don't care. Okay. They literally don't care. They're just like, hey, we, first of all, they're producing all the products for everybody. Yeah. Pick up something. I dare you. And see if it's made in China. Yeah. And it's probably made in that general vicinity. Yep. Now, they are the most industrious nation now. Mm-hmm. Um, they produce the most greenhouse gases. They have the least amount of restrictions, regulations, um, concern for human life because they have so many. I mean, they had a uh, – what is it? Uh, a law where you couldn't have more than one kid or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they would, like, kill your kid. Which would be a terrible move in America, but like, <laughs> uh, that's how you like start civil wars and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> it's it just it, it's one of those things well, where like we got a new child, so I gotta let one of you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not how it works. Yeah. But like, so they all I'm saying is they don't particularly care about you know the effects of them producing this energy you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's quote-unquote clean energy but guarantee just like everything else and they will take shortcuts they will disregard um any effects on human life yes um any long-term effects on elon musk is the one who came out and was saying left and right that we needed more restrictions on this industrial stuff and not to hold people up from doing their job or making people lose jobs not like that but more safety you know, features put into industrialization of, of any company. Well, and that's why I agree with a lot of politicians say they want to bring this stuff back to America because, honestly, first of all, we need to be more producers and not just consumers. Exactly. Because, yeah. I mean... Bring the economy back up. Yeah, it, it'll help us in the short term and long term by, mm-hmm. like, bringing jobs and bringing money back and, like, with inflation and all that yeah. other stuff that we're not going to talk about. To, we are not going to I'm talk not, about. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> We're not going there, okay. <laughs> but like it, it, it would help out because yeah. 
we need we need stuff to do. You know, we need yeah. to get people working with their hands more. And, and let me clarify too to the public out here what what I'm talking about. The public. I don't I don't disagree. Or excuse me. I, yeah, I don't disagree with the fact that uh, they're using fusion power and such. I don't because nuclear and and fusion period. You know, the power is actually very clean. Very easy to maintain. It really is once they get everything, the safety features in place like we have here in America with a lot of our, like we have, you know, nuclear powered subs and everything else. Okay. And yes, you got like a shelf life of like, you know, certain situations and certain things for like 5,000 years it can run off of it for that kind of power. Mm -hmm. Right. And because of how much power it produces, you can have more homes that are ran by power with this and everything else. But the thing is that with us, you know, in general, you know, like you see this all the time, a lot of people like to rush to be first. Yeah. And that's where the mistakes happen. Well, and, you know, and like I said, I want to clarify, I am not against everybody doing the fusion. I'm not against like, you know, the Hedron Collider. I'm not even against that. No, there's there's nothing wrong with any of that because, I mean, that's just human advancement. Yes. But we it has to be done in a safe manner. Otherwise, yeah, we're screwed. Yeah. Chopped uh, and screwed. Yeah, because, you know, stuff happens like, I don't know, Chernobyl. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, and honestly, let, let, let's let 100% be real. In the grand scheme of things, in the last, what, 50 years, mm-hmm. China is the new Russia. Yes. You know, yeah. they are the new world power that rivals the United States. And yeah. honestly, the United yeah. States is kind of losing power at this point. We're a uh, post-industrious nation, and... People really – nations become rich from industrialization. Yes. You know, and uh, that's one of the things that, like, you always hear people worry about China, 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 you know. And then, like, some people are stuck in the past about Russia, 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 because Russia is pretty much where we are. You yeah, know, they're post-industrialized. They're, like, back in the 80s and such, you know, like, the you know, and back during the Cold War times, you know, Russia was the big, you know, the, the boogeyman on the block. You know, that we were always afraid of being behind on with everything, Every, even putting a man on the moon. I mean, we were in a race against Russia to put a man on the moon. We really yeah. were. Yeah, Sputnik kind of <clears throat> spurred us into, uh, you know, mm-hmm. action. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, so it's <laughs> – you are not allowed to die, dog. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've never heard a dog with a cold before. <laughs> uh but the thing is, is that, you know, like I said, I'm all for fusion power. I'm all for, you know, us doing the Hedron Collider to advance science studies and everything else. Because there is so much that we can learn from even just, you know, with, with Adam's period. There's so much that we could learn that if the right scenario happened, it could open up a whole revolutionary side of science that we have never seen before. Well, I'm we all- could learn a whole new side of physics that we've never even seen or understand. If we could... Do this, you know, plasma fusion because basically what it is is superheated plasma yeah. to create, you know, nuclear fusion. If we can master that and get it down to a sizable amount, we're in Star Trek, bro. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent plasma. Like I, when as soon as I saw plasma, I was on board with this whole like thing because I was just like, okay, let's to do it. To put this in terms of the, the the layman terms for people to understand, you know, for people who may not understand what we're talking about. Really, um, that's um, a paranormal. No, I was going to say, imagine Tony Stark, arc reactor. Aye. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Being able to power the entire city with, like, you know, something that's the size of literally, like, a pen, the head of a pin. Yeah. It's producing that much and power. It's, and it's the next step to, like, trans space capabilities, you know, aka mm-hmm. warp drive. Yeah. Because, I mean, if the biggest <laughs> hurdle for warp drive is power because you have to be able to... Two things, actually, that is the main factor on why, because there has actually been, there's been like scientific research studies and, and a couple of actual theories that they actually practiced to yeah. see if it would work, hypothetically. You're about to lose your headphones. I know, I'm trying to take off my uh, my sweater without Stop losing taking my taking off here. your clothes, and the, this okay. isn't that kind of show, bud. Okay, there we go. Anyways, <laughs> so... The, the the main problem is is not just a factor of the power, which you're 100% right. That's number one. Number two is turning. <laughs> it's navigating in space at that speed. Well, see, that's the thing. The whole theory is about basically folding space. Yes. Or not necessarily folding space, but folding space around you. Yeah. 
So that's where like the warp bubble, warp field, whatever you want to call it, comes into play because you're bending space around you. Mm-hmm. So you're standing still. Space is moving around you. Yes. And that that's kind of like the concept behind it. And they did have like a kind of working theory, but we have no way to power it. So yep. if we do, oh, but if we do do that, you know, we're we're on the right track. Yep. But if we don't do it safely, well. One of the original <laughs> theories, like, I mean, decades ago that they thought about doing to maybe achieve warp drive was detonating a nuclear warhead in space as for the power to propel the craft up to the speed of light. It's, that wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was actually, believe it or not, though, one of the first working theories that somebody... Well, not working, but one of the first theories that they wanted to apply. But the question that came into play was a couple of things. One, building a craft strong enough to withstand that type of power. Number two was they didn't know what a nuclear warhead going off in space would actually do. They didn't know how big of a damage it could cause. uh, There's a few things you got to consider there. One, there's no friction in space. Exactly. So that explosion that would like kind of slow down after a while on Earth would keep going and going and Mm -hmm. going and going. Because like... Eventually, like, you'll see, let's say we watch a supernova in the sky, Mm -hmm. you know, from a star millions of whatever far away. And eventually, that wave is going to hit us. Yeah, eventually. Eventually. Mm -hmm. Who knows when. But, you know, we may see a meteor shower from it. We may have, like, a couple earthquakes or whatever. You know, it's it's not going to be detrimental. But, like, detonate a nuke nearby would probably be like very similar to that yeah that's just not a good idea also the other thing emp because Mm -hmm. that's how our original way of making an emp was detonating a nuclear device electromagnetic pulse just putting out there what emp people know what that is not everybody (laughs) is as old as you but sorry hate to break it to you not everybody is like 500 years old and like oh my god dude i am yoda all right in the 1400s, we we had candlelight. We made it to 30. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, the, but the other the one of the main problems they had too was because of the fact that if, in theory, if you took an object, you could take a penny and flick it to the speed of light. Once that thing's hitting light speed, the atoms will condense mm-hmm. and they compress into each other. Mm-hmm. It now becomes impenetrable. And it's moving at the speed of light. It will go through a planet, anything in its way, and keep right on going and will not slow down. Yeah. Well, on so, the other hand, well, that being said, it it will slow down. You know, Newton's first law of physics is it. Um, object will stay in motion until acted upon by an equal opposite. Yeah. yeah. So if it hits the planet, it's probably going to slow down a hair. But, that, but, but that, not enough. <laughs> that's that's where yeah. like the warp bubble comes in because yeah. it's bending space. And that know? will and, and honestly, if we ever come to a point where we can actually travel through space to go to other planets, you know, they're light, you know, hundreds of light years away. I believe that you're right. Uh, the theory for that is going to wind up bending space and time in order to get there quickly and without having to do all the steering per se. It, it's you know to put this in perspective, it'd be like putting a boat in the water and it's driving straight. Okay. And, well, if it's going really, 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 really fast, by the time the human brain realizes there's something in front of it and it needs to turn, it's already hit the object and gone through it and so on and so forth. That's why they had this problem with light speed in space trying to calculate, well, how can we travel and maneuver at that rate of speed? Mm -hmm. All right. That was the, the problem that they kept just they couldn't calculate and figure it out. And then, like you said, then it came into, well, what if we just bent space and time? Yeah. Now, the problem is, though, if you had that much, you know, you got to think, that's gravitational forces. I, I couldn't even compute how high that would be to bend actual space and time. I mean, you're talking about, like, you know, the inner part of a black hole, like at the event horizon, all right? Literally, at the event horizon of a black hole, time and everything changes. It really does. I think it, I'm trying to remember, I think with the gravitational pull at that point in time, I think time actually slows down. Uh, at the part of the event horizon because it's literally bending light um and of course if you can bend light you can bend time so it would be just that i can't even fathom like the power it would take 
to make that kind of bend to happen. Yeah, it would be insane. I think that like with UFOs, prime example, I think the UFOs that allegedly that we have seen, let's just for all argument's sake, so I'm not saying it's real, not saying it's, it's fake, I'm just saying for argument's sake, UFOs are real. I think that the only way that they could get here is by one or two means. Either A, like we were just saying, they could bend space and time to make it a short distance travel for them from where they came from to here. Or B, they have to be pretty much energy, energy beings. Because if they're a humanoid type, you know, being, you know, that's carbon-based, well, we break down. Hence why we get older, we age, or everything starts failing in our bodies, and eventually we die. All right? So either they have a cure for that (laughs) and can keep that from happening while they're carbon-based, or they're pure energy. Because somehow they would have to find a way to survive the time it would take to get from where they come from to here. Well, you'd wind up with a generational shift, like uh, kind of like we're talking about doing with Mars. Yeah. I mean, because I forgot how long it takes to get to Mars. Here, Google. Google answers everything. Maybe we can ask them how much power it would take to fold space, and they'll know. <laughs> uh, well, so what the? What do I do? <clears throat> so apparently, hold on. Well, okay. Think about this. If you're traveling, say, 100 light years, you'd have to be traveling. Light years is obviously 100 years and how far light could travel within 100 oh, years. Oh, that's not terrible. Look All at right. that. It'll, it'll only take seven months to get to Mars. Yeah. So light speed, you'd be moving into 186,000 miles or, or 186,300 miles per second. That's the exact speed of light, how fast you'd be traveling. Yeah. Well... Uh, so supposedly, according to a couple of things I looked at, uh, we can't fold. It's unlikely to be possible to fold space, but supposedly. See, but once again, though, we, we've discussed this in past shows. If you're dealing with a civilization of alien beings that have traveled throughout space to come to us, <clears throat> and they've made it. They actually, their technology has to be far surpassed what we have to be able to make that type of travel, which also means they possibly may understand a dynamic of physics that we don't know about or we don't understand. Think about all the theories that are out there right now. String theory, for one. You know, you have uh, everything. Hell, even, honestly, even relativity is a theory. It's not still even been yet been proven. You know, to an extent, yes, but not 100%. All right. But if these alien beings were traveling here from, you know, from other like we were just talking about from another place, you know, the the average distance, I think, for the closest possible like area that the life form could be like, you know, a Earth like planet is like over 100 million light years away. Yeah, that's a very, very long way away. I mean, and that's why we would need something that would be outside of time. You know, because time is yeah. our biggest factor. Uh, if we didn't get old and die, we wouldn't really care, you know. And yeah. if we didn't need to eat and, you know, perpetuate, you know. I growth. think that scientists should really honestly start studying more about time. I think time is what is going to be the, the factor for everything else that we try to achieve. I think that if we learn how to slow time, stop time, possibly reverse time, I think that that is what's going to become the... The next step in us, you know, for evolutionizing and moving forward for being able to travel to other planetary systems. I really yeah. do. I think time is going to be the the ultimate factor that comes in. Time and magnetics. Well, and that, and that brings us full circle, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. because you need a magnetic field to generate electricity. Yep. Which we'll get in. To another show. I, I just popped in. We'll talk about it later. I yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> let me just keep that in the back of my head. That's great. Um, but gravity and magnetic magnetic fields seem to be the key to everything between ener- energy production, like free energy production, mm-hmm. um, and travel. Yeah. And space time. Because uh, according to a experiment trying to prove one of um, – uh, Einstein's theory, space-time is kind of 
bent and manipulated around a object mm-hmm. or a mass in space with a magnetic field. Yep. And they have kind of a diagram on there, which we can't really show anybody because we're not on TV. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is uh, in space you do get a deviation when you get closer to like planetary objects such as uh, you know planets, moons. Uh, a very extreme large asteroid. I mean, there's asteroids out there bigger than our planet. Yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Space. Mm-hmm. They're um, called other planets. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, of course, you know, suns, you know, stars. Um, you know, they, they have their own gravitational pull, and time does change around these things. Einstein put it best when he said that uh, time going through space is kind of like a river. And these things like are rocks and, and, you know, the planets and all that in space are kind of like rocks that the river is mm-hmm. bending and moving around, which yep. is also changing time uh, in the process. Well, and, and that's why they uh, use, like, Jupiter's gravity and its magnetic field to basically slingshot uh, satellites and exploration yeah. craft out into space and increase the speed as it gets further away from Earth to shoot it out there, which yeah. is super cool. I always love that. <laughs> I think right now for the fastest that we can travel so far, I think is only, like, one-tenth the speed of light, I think, yeah. is something like that. But even then, I mean, that's pretty fast. You know, I mean, like, uh, hell, the SR, oh, you know what? They have a new creation of the SR-71 Blackbird that they have developed that literally will be able to fly from New York to California in an hour. Whoa. Yeah. Mach speed is like 732 miles per hour, roughly. All right, something like that. So this thing would be traveling <laughs> at, like, Mach 20. And that, I mean, that's insane. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, like, that, that is like crazy speed. That's 20 times faster than the speed of sound. SR-72, son of a blackbird. Son of a blackbird. Son of a blackbird. <laughs> a hypersonic UAV concept. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, the the SR-71 Blackbird, the the original, that was a plane that was developed by Lockheed Martin. It was a spy plane that we used from America. They never put any rockets, you know, missiles, you know, guns on it, anything like that, because it was too fast. Mm -hmm. It would literally, if it fired a bullet, it would basically stay in the chamber. We lost at least one of them to space. Yeah, lost (laughs) one to space. It it can break our gravitational field because it flies that fast. Yeah, this one... um uh, Mach 6, 4,000 miles an hour, 6.4, well, 6,400 kilometers an hour. They actually did a test knots. one. They actually did a test one time. Uh, actually, at, uh, I think it was over in California where they had the SR-71 Blackbird and it was coming off the runway to launch. Okay, they had a laser timer that was set in conjunction with the plane when it broke this line on on the field. You know, for when it was launching. All right, so. Upon its launch, when the laser hit and connected with it, it fired a 38 caliber bullet. The plane was flying 52 miles per hour faster than the bullet on takeoff. <laughs> that was only on takeoff, takeoff speed. The bullet couldn't even touch the plane. So, yeah, traveling at six, oh my God, man, that's, that's just insane when you let that sink in. You know, traveling at Mach 6, you know, that's breaking over 4,000 miles per hour. That's insane speeds. But the new one, the SR-72, the son of the SR-71, is the new... And the other thing also, too, I want to put out there, the spy plane. This plane could be flying basically at the breaking point of our atmosphere and take a photograph of a guy on the ground at those rate of speeds. Reading a book and tell you which chapter he's on. Exactly. <laughs> you could literally take a picture of the page of that the person was reading, and you could read it. It was that well-developed. Yeah. And uh, so the SR-72 they're coming out with is actually going to be faster. That's crazy. Yeah. The technology is advancing so quick and so fast. I mean, you got to think about this. Back in, like, you know, the, uh, God, the early 1960s, you know, you know, when we were putting a man on the moon. Hold yeah. on. Pause. Okay. In November 2018, Lockheed Martin stated that the prototype of the SR-72 was scheduled to fly by 2025. The aircraft will be capable of firing hypersonic missiles. It would have to be hypersonic. That's the only thing that would move fast enough to build it. Wow. Escape the velocity of the plane. You know, and that's the thing. When you have an object moving that fast, 
and like I said before, that's the reason why they did not put any armament on it because we didn't have anything fast enough to be able to escape from the you know from the plane and not actually hit itself. Um, so when they want to, you know, matter of fact, Russia has hyper, you know. Yeah, they just tested one. Yeah, they just tested one recently. You know, it's got a hypersonic missile. Uh, I believe China has them too, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I remember back in the day when the Navy was working on the railgun. Oh, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, uh, the railgun basically is firing like, you know, uh, like the first initial prototype. What they wanted to do was build fi- fi- fire. God, I can't talk tonight. Fire a aluminum rod up to the speed of light. That was one of the original plans of what how the how far developed that they wanted to go with it. Once again, they came up with a problem. Well, if we fire something at the speed of light in our atmosphere, what will it do? Hmm. Number two, when you fire said object at light speed, <laughs> on for, like from a ship. Well, it, it's not necessarily light speed. It's just really fast here. It ex- no, no, no. It, it does not hit light speed now. I'm saying but the original concept thought they wanted to. Because remember how I told you that if an object has to, you know, point of light speed, that it becomes impenetrable. It'll break through anything, all right? So they wanted to create this. They realized that, um, well, if we fire this in a straight line at that other ship, it's going to go through and keep on going. It will keep going and break anything in its path until it escapes the atmosphere at the curvature of the Earth when it keeps going because the Earth is round, not flat. So, <laughs> I had to throw that out there. I love it. Yeah, I had to throw that out there. So, yeah, and, and, and obviously at light speed, it's already way achieved escape velocity. It's going to be able to break through the gravitational pull of the Earth and keep on going and launch into space, which means at that curve of the Earth, if a plane is flying through the air and in its path, it will you know, go it, through the plane. Yep. Um, it was designed as a replacement for explosive shells. Railgun mm-hmm. designs aim for muzzle velocities in the range of 2,000 to 3,500 miles per second, a.k.a. 4,500 to 7,800 miles an hour, mm-hmm. faster than your plane. <laughs> yep. That's with basically like getting hit by the SR-71. Yeah. yeah. With muzzle energies of 5 to 50 megajoules, for comparison, 50 megajoules is equivalent to the kinetic energy of a school bus weighing 5 metric tons traveling at 5, uh, 316 miles an hour. <laughs> wow. That's the kind of power the railgun has. That'll hurt. But see, but here's the problem with the railgun. The magnetic power that it uses in order to fire this gun, it can only be fired so many times. Well, yeah, just like anything else. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, 3,500 miles per second. Yeah. Yeah, you you can literally pop a building off in California or something. Oh, and, yeah, and absolutely. Not. There you go. Bye. <laughs> and traveling at that speed, they would never know where it came from. Try to touch me. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> hypersonic missile what they're better than gte they reach out and touch somebody so the thing is is like once again like we're talking about with technology we're advancing in technology so fast and so quick with everything i mean we are so connected to technology today i can't think of a single person who doesn't have a cell phone unless they're like a little little kid and even then i see little little kids got cell phones oh, yeah you know, all the they time play games on I mean, whatnot movies hell when know. we're when we're like going on a trip that's like yeah. And 30 minutes to an hour long, like, I have a three-year-old. Yeah. So we definitely put on, like, a movie or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they were doing, trying to do that when I was a kid. There was, like, TVs and headrests and stuff. Yeah. You know, but, but it, it, it's getting to the point where it's, they're trying to develop cyborgs. And th- this is where, like, it loses me a little bit. Yeah. You know, you got Elon Musk, for all the good things he does, he does some really stupid junk sometimes. Like... I, the applications for those who are disabled are amazing and are incredible, but implanting machinery in a human is – I feel like it's almost a violation of nature, if that makes any sense. Like, I, well, a, a knee replacement yeah, yeah, is one yeah. thing, but, like, messing with your brain because, like, yeah. he literally – he they have a monkey that can play games with his brain, like, literally move things yeah. around with his brain and control a computer with his brain. So – how far does that go? Well, here's the thing. Think about this. If they start wanting to implant chips in people's brains, right, in order to... Uh, God, we, they, 20 they, years ago, we'd sound like freaking nuts for saying this. Oh, yeah, but, but now you can find it on Time magazine. I mean, it's, it's very common. But the thing is, if you put a chip inside the human brain and you want to use this to, to carry the information of, like, say, your financial stuff, 
uh, being able to make phone calls. They've talked about being able to make a phone call from your mind, nope. basically, to where you would have an implant in your ear that you can ha- hear the conversation, carry on the conversation from this chip inside your head. But the thing you have to figure that you have to remember, it's connected to electrical impulses in your brain. What if somebody hacked it? They could kill you instantly yeah. by shutting you down. Or they can possibly control you. Yeah. Yeah. Become a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. You know? But also, if you're like making phone calls and stuff like that, we already know that stuff produces radiation. We've already talked about not having your cell oh, phone yeah. in your hip pocket because it messes with your testicles and stuff. Yeah. And could potentially develop testicular cancer. Yeah. You know, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, imagine that in your brain. We don't know if that's going to have an effect on direct contact with your brain. Yeah. Like, how, like they, it, they've it'll already, literally be like Johnny Mnemonic where people have, like, cancer from technology. Yeah, I mean, they've already created, like, you know, technology that's already in place now that is, like, biometrics. It's using a, a mechanical, you know, aperture for someone, like, say, someone who lost an arm. Mm-hmm. And they have a replacement piece that is connected into their nerves and such that when they think, the hand will move. Yeah. Just like a normal, your normal hand. But see, that's working off electrical impulse. That's outside the brain. Yeah. You know. But like you were just saying, once they start implanting the cybernetic part where it's now intermingled with you and such as a chip in your brain, I don't care what they want to do. I'm not getting a chip put in my brain. No, no, it's, it's sketchy. Like, I like the potential developments of it, but. There has to be another way. Well, there really does. Also, too. I'm not comfortable with becoming a cyborg. Well, also, too, let's be real. We have a lot of evil people on this planet. Oh, yeah. And some of those evil people, you know, and think about this. Think about friends you've had in your past, you know, or even recent that you've had that screwed you over a hundredfold. But they, they used you the entire time. And they they did it on purpose, not an accident, not like, you know, hey, some people make mistakes and they screw up. I mean, they legitimately was doing it on purpose, knew what they were doing, okay? Uh, people you may have dated, you know, they were control freaks on you and everything else. There's people like that that are in the science industry, too. There's bad guys everywhere. Right? Oh, yeah. And we're not talking about just, like, the definition of a cartoon, ha like, yeah. you know... Doctor Evil type thing. We're talking about like actual evil people. I mean, they, yeah, they, they do they exist. Have, yeah, they do have not, ulterior motives. And it's not just a conspiracy theory. Let me make just one quick point. Just oh my one. god. Just one. Here we go. My point being is, if you think that that's not true, then how about all the weapons that have been developed to you know fight enemies and such? So yeah, there are people on the planet with that idea. Go ahead. Well, still no. I I heard something and I don't even remember where I heard it from, but someone said that uh, all like journalists and all like people who are like in media are conspiracy theorists because they're basically taking a theory and they're exploring it without believing it. That's that's the difference between a conspiracy theory and a, a conspiracy theorist and a journalist. Mm-hmm. A conspiracy theorist believes every theory they hear. A journalist takes this conspiracy theory doesn't necessarily believe it until the facts are there and fit it, you know, and th- this is real. And, I mean, hell, I just went on uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica here, and they have transhumanism, which is social and philosophical movement, promoting the research and development of robust human enhancement technologies like brain augmentation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it would improve – let's see – Augment or increase human sensory reception, emotive ability, and cognitive capacity, and then supposedly improve life lifespans and stuff, but that's yet to be legitimately proven. With the augmentation, you could definitely, I mean, if it can control the genes in your body, yes, it can shut off the gene that creates, that makes you age, if it could shut it off. All right. So, yeah, technically you could become basically immortal. You know, you could keep on going as long as it could control the gene that makes you start aging and everything else and shuts that off and keeps the other gene going that keeps reproducing skin cells and everything else that you need to do. Like on the day you shed like your entire body in skin cells throughout one day. Yeah, that's sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) So, 
but and it, but you would need something to keep that going. So your skin and everything would be replaced and stay replenished or you stay young. All right. Well, and that's what you were talking about before about like potentially putting the human mind into like a computer system. Yes. And that would be the actual key to immortality. Yeah. You know, and at some point you would be AI and then you would destroy the planet and all the humans on and the 30, planet. Yeah. And there we go. The full advanced circle. technology would full circle. Yep. It, yeah, you'd have that one guy who would be like, oh, I can actually do this other stuff now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, power brings ego. It really does. Power brings yep. ego. Ego brings evil. It, it, it happens no matter who it is or what they do. You know, it. it I learned a, a good, like, thing from my buddy John Rusnick. When John talked about doing business with people when you, like, are doing, like, you know, Anything in media, whether you're doing a movie, you know, doing a TV project, you're doing, you know, a radio show, whatever. Um, that once it turns into a business and money starts getting involved, egos come out. You will see it happen every single time. And I've seen it happen. You know, um, we all have. You know, even with your job, you know, your personal job that you do right now. Guarantee everybody knows somebody at their job that is egotistical. Oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, that's how you find out. So let's say and it's usually the people in power. Yeah. Well, I mean, people, some people let power grow. We've seen it. Yeah. And talked about it. And I mean, sometimes there's people in power that shouldn't be in power and the people that need to be in power should be in power, but won't do it because they're unwilling to put themselves in that position because they don't feel comfortable with the responsibility. Yeah. You know, when it comes to being a leader, either. It's handed to you, you earned it, or you're thrusted into it and don't have a choice. So that's the way the three typical ways is to become a leader. Usually the ones who earned it are the ones that are going to be good leaders because they went from the bottom, worked their way up. They know what the person below them went through because they did it themselves. The people that's just handed to them are the ones that typically wind up letting it go to their heads, and they're the ones who wind up usually destroying. Like me and Jesse, we've had this talk before. When it comes down to like running a business, like with us with H&E Entertainment, the two things we refuse to have ever in this company, because we agree that this is the two factors that will destroy any business you have, greed and ego, or the combination of the two. Either or will destroy, and it don't even have to be a business. It could be a relationship. Mm-hmm. You get greedy because you're taking, 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 taking from them. And I don't mean just like, you know, with with financial. I'm talking about like, you know, just taking advantage of the person you're oh, with. Oh, yeah. You know? Just overrunning someone because, like, there has to be balance. Yes, there has to be balance. And then the ego comes into play where they, you know, they start, you know, we've, we've all seen this or been through this ourselves where somebody tries to dominate you in their life. You know, mm-hmm. always telling you what to do and this, that, and the other. So that's ego. All right. That's definitely a huge part of, of ego. So, yes, those two factors will destroy anything and everything that you try to do. I don't care if you create a job doing underwater basket weaving. You know, you get somebody in there that's either got greed or ego behind them, they're going to destroy it. Now, that being said, you can't go into business or be a politician without one or the other because uh, politicians need an ego they need they need let me let me finish before you like go crazy they need a little bit of an ego they need some swag they need like the confidence to be able to stand up to someone talking smack for no reason prime example Ron DeSantis talking about you know when people attack him yeah. he, he he comes out and he's like nah this is why you know not not necessarily like in a more professional manner because i'm a politician but like it's one of those things where like you need to have a little bit of ego and you need to have a slight bit of greed too when it comes to that regard because like first of all if you're in business and don't have any greed at all you're not going to you're not going to make any money yeah no i'm talking about the you already know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the influential greed with your people it's like the force you have to have balance you know i mean you you, you can't have you can't have darkness. You can't. You can't be all dark, all light. You know. You can't be like all one way or another. You have to be able to flow. You know. You have to be able to switch it, as one of my uh, college professors told me. That I don't know why that one thing has stuck with me so much because like adaptability is the key to everything. If oh, you're absolutely. If you're adaptable, yeah, you can do anything, it, and I mean anything. I mean, you and I had the talk the other day when I talked about, you know, managing people and being a leader. You have to be able to, you know, adapt 
and improvise on the spot. Hell, even just working for somebody, you got to adapt because you yeah. never know who's going to be, quote, unquote, in charge of the operation. Because, oh, like, yeah. Things change uh, all the time. <laughs> you and I have that issue where, like, yeah. uh, we're, we're kind of hard to rein in because, like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, usually we don't, like, get into a situation that we can't get ourselves out of or don't know what we're doing. And if we don't know what we're doing, we, we freely admit it and ask for backup. Like, Yeah, we find the correct way know. to do it because it's better to go ahead and find the correct way to do it than to let it turn into a small problem and into a big problem. Yeah, a yeah. giant monstrosity of a cataclysmic event, you know. How did we get on this subject? I don't know. You went down the rabbit hole I of got, greed and ego, so. and then we started talking. And we went from technology to telling people how to run a business. Well, no, no, we were talking about, like, corruption and, like, people using – Oh, yeah, know, using brain... technology to their advantage. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you got to make sure now Elon Musk, like, I like the dude. But he could be the Antichrist. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about putting chips in people's heads. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can say that about a lot of people, really, yeah, at the no, end of the I'm, day. Yeah. No, I've, I've said it about just about everybody, uh, whether it's a politician or a business mm-hmm. person or whatever. It's like, they might be the Antichrist. Yep. <laughs> they might be evil. Yep, 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 yep. Well, hopefully with technology advancing like it is, I mean, yes, we, you know, I'm a firm believer that we need to advance ourselves technology, you know, technologically. We just have to be mindful and be careful with it because, I mean, let's be real. Look at the whole concept right now with coronavirus. It's very political. It's no longer just a virus. It, it really isn't. It's no longer a virus. It's a cult. Yeah. Well, I'm, there, I'm, there's that, two that, different that's not, not even. I'm not even oh. talking about the virus itself. I'm talking about it's no longer a, a, a sickness. I'm going to leave it at that. It's no longer a sickness going around. It's not. It's about a political sick- push. It's not about the sickness. Yes, anymore. it's a political push on the left and the right, on both sides, it's, on who's right, who's wrong. Well, what are we getting into politics? Shut up. We're not doing politics. I'm not going to do politics. I'm just saying. But, I quit. But here's but here's a a situation when everybody keeps bringing up about what? science. It's greed and ego. It's about pol- political. It's yeah. greed and ego. It's political Once at again, the end of the day. It's greed on the part of you know, hey, you know, we've given people power. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to give the power back, and they're trying to find a way to perpetuate keeping that power. Yeah. And then it's ego because they think they can get away with it, and everybody around them is dumb. Yeah. You know? And, and don't get me wrong. I am not saying the virus is not real. I, that's for, I want to clarify We've that had right it. now. We've yeah. had it. We yeah, know yeah, for yeah. a fact it's real. Yeah, we it know sucks. for a fact it's real. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that, but everybody, understandably, on the left and the right, I guarantee there, because I see a lot of it. I see a lot of these people on the left and the right who both agree, like, yeah, this is turning into political crap. Yeah, and, really and politics creeps into everything right now, and I'm just going to say this. They're all a-holes, and we need yeah. to, like, make some serious changes and, like, oh, I wish reduce. We could just, I wish we could just hit a reset and start over. I don't want to reset it. I want I want a full cycle of, like, good people. I don't care what party they're for as long as they're, like— Term limits. Good. That, too. I, I, I want to see good people actually— steer us on a course that is going to make everybody kind of happier. You know, not everybody is going to be yeah. happy. You're always going to have Karen and Ken out there. But yeah. like, yeah. If, it, if we could take all the ideology out of everything with politics, yeah. we'd be great. We'd be Stop doing being great. so pig-headed and do what's right for the people. Bro. Yeah, what's right for the people. Like that, that's Use literally common sense. Common sense will get you a long way in life, and that's the problem. Common sense is not that common. And See, all right, we're done. We're we done. Jump yeah, off the soapbox. Hang out. <laughs> Anyways, um... Actually, I need to talk for a minute. I need to look something up. Okay, go ahead. But the whole point of technology, like we are just talking about today, we just wanted to make people be more aware of, yes, technology is awesome that we are advancing in this, that, and the other. You know, I mean, even cell phone capabilities, what you can do with it now. I mean, it used to be just to be able to make a phone call. Then it came to text messaging. Then it came to being able to do the Internet. Then it came down to being able to watch movies and this, that, and the other. Then it came down to be able to pay for your stuff while you're out, you know, doing like Apple Pay and everything else. So... Your cell phone, when you think about it, controls about 90% of your life right now. Majority of your information that you, you know, ascertain or is a part of your life from your, I mean, think about this. I can log into my bank on my phone to be able to check, like, how, what my balance is, you know, so on and so forth. I could go in there and make payments, you know, with my cell phone. My cell phone and everybody's cell phone that, that people carry right now, when you think about it, controls about 90% of your life. Yeah, we don't need to go down that level. We don't need to keep going that far. Yeah, we need to slow that part down a little bit. So anyways, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next weekend. And uh, we definitely want to also say RIP to Betty White. That sucked. Yeah, that, that sucked. Screw you, 2021. Exactly. Um, anyways, um, check us out. We... Do have a uh, spread shop website up. Um, 
It will be. Did you put it up on the uh, per Instagram yet? Uh, no, but I was going to do it tonight because I want to make the announcement on the radio. Yep. Um, we have a merch shop up. Um, so check us out on that. It will be on the Paraperp Instagram. It is already on my Instagram, Jesse the Caffeinated. And uh, make sure you take the Betty White Challenge and donate to your local SPCA. And have a great weekend. We'll see you next weekend. Bye. prison for her attempt to kill U.S. service